Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. For the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Tyler Griever. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Phone lines are open if you'd like to weigh in here. Uh, on the, the or I guess in the aftermath of Louisville losing at Pitt last night, 91 to 57, uh, a game in which Pitt got they won the rebounding battle by seven and they made 17 threes. But Tyler, even on a night where a team like shoots and makes a lot of threes, 17 of 31 from three uh, for the game they were. They were over 50% on twos as well. And if you actually watch it, the vast majority of threes, like they were not contested threes or rushed threes or off-balance threes. You had a ton of just um, wide open, I'm going to shoot this three and it's going to go in. Like it, it, Lots of comfortable, feet set, confidently stroked threes uh, against Louisville last night. And without question... I think they're the same thing expressed in two different ways. This team doesn't try hard. They don't try hard, and it comes across, and it comes out. The biggest indicators of it, when they're on defense, they don't play defense. When they're on offense, they give up the ball incredibly easily. And to me, turnovers and the, and the intensity with which they defend are the same thing playing out two different ways. Yeah, I think it's a for me. I, I had the thought while I was actually watching the game today, and I actually I've had this thought multiple times this year. You get into this like debate about well, which end are they really worse at, offense or defense? And over time, I know the turnovers are horrendous, like they're the worst in the country at it. But defensively, there are so many plays that I go back to where I'm like, how is a guy that open? How is that layup that easy? How is the corner three off an inbound that easy to get? I, I mean, I've lost track of how many times I've, because, you know, when I sit right there and shoot a game, I have a pretty good view of it. I don't have like a bird's eye view to like keep an eye on rotations and stuff, but you just see it there and you're like, man, defense is, requires so much more of a buy-in and an investment than what this is and like I think what's what's frustrating about it if you're a fan like we go back to that Florida State game the reason they even got back into that Florida State game was because they were defending pretty well again I'm Florida State's not gonna kill anybody offensively I'm not sitting here saying that but there was some effort and some investment in that quote-unquote desperation Kenny talks about on defense like it's there and like it's just it's not in so many other places this year and and the the things that you're talking about can most be seen on the defensive end of the floor like that is where effort and buy-in are paramount if you're going to be even close to a good defensive team 8150939 that's uh, the number if you would like to get in here 3831939 for the UPS shops text on we spent our number 1 Killing Kenny, because he's the one that's getting a lot of money uh, to coach this team, and it's his job to make them a lot better at basketball than they are right now. He's the coach. 
And if you want to call and bring up Chris Mack, and Chris, Chris Mack's been gone for over a year, okay? Like, I, I just I don't want to hear any of that. Chris Mack is not why these guys aren't good. But, Tyler, we can spend some time on these guys. Like, for as much as we're killing Kenny and all that sort of thing, there isn't an, there's, there isn't an ounce of pride in a number of them that are out there for long stretches of time. I think L. Ellis is uh, moody. But I think he does have pride. I think Mike James has a lot. I think Okorafor has a lot. Everybody else, I'm not sure I'll be sad if any of them don't come back next year. It's going to look like a – I would anticipate it look like a completely different team. Because I, I don't see – well, number one, even if everybody wanted to be back, I don't know if as a staff or an administration you could be like – Oh yeah, we we'll we'll bring everybody back. It's like no, you have to the 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 plan that you and I have talked about that that Kenny and Josh need to kind of sit down and really hash out and bluntly hash it out, like not a uh, like no sugarcoating it at all. Then yeah, the roster has to pretty much completely change. Uh, and I I feel like to be honest with you, we say that as it can happen too easily. Like that, that it's just a, a given or a guarantee that you're going to be able to go out in the transfer portal and find guys who can help change this, like at the snap of a finger. Uh, and I know this, you know, maybe I'm, uh, I don't think I'm doing well with what you posed here in terms of spending time on the guys themselves because I'm turning this back into, okay, well, how do you build the roster? But like, Mark, that's the reality of, of, college athletics today is that it's not only going into the portal and recruiting new guys which we all agree pretty much has to happen but even the guys who are promising on the Louisville roster now it's not like they can't get recruited by other people too you know and it's that's such an interesting dynamic that I want to see play out this offseason is you know is Mike James really bought in to staying at Louisville and being a part of this? Or does he look at it and say, I think I'm a pretty good player. I show people that I can play a little bit. I've gotten some some calls or some 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 viewers out from this program, this program, and this program that are in a much better place than this one. Appreciate you, KP, but I'm out. Like, who's to say that can't happen? Oh, I would imagine that they are looking at an offseason in which they, or, uh, where they will sweat Mike James quite a bit. Uh, and and I would I would understand that from his perspective, and I think look we're 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 careening towards a very uncomfortable off season because I think we we've firmly moved from this could take a while you got to be patient to are we sure you can do this you being Kenny Payne. Like, I think he's going to have to do some remedial work with us on the outside, reconvincing people that he that he that he's the right guy to do this. And, and I don't my biggest fear about him is I don't think he thinks he has to do that at all. It's one of the weird things that was wrong with Scott. You know, Scott did the stupid thing with with, with South Carolina that really burned him with a lot of people forever. But the thing that drove me most crazy about Scott was that he never acted like he had work to do with people. Like he just didn't, he just sort of blew his mind why people never really trusted him or believed that he was sincere about wanting to be here. And he never, he never overcorrected any of this. I'm worried that, that Kenny kind of thinks the same thing because sometimes he'll say things like, I'd rather you know, move in silence and I'd, I'd, I'd rather just not tell folks anything. But when you go three and whatever, you got to start telling people a lot. And I don't, I'm not sure he's inclined to tell anybody anything, even when he really needs to, and it would help him. I think that's a valid concern. And something about the, you know, we've talked about the, the proverbial cloud at, at nauseum uh, before and recruiting with a clean state. And like, look, there's, a, there's validity to that. I get it that you're able to fully recruit and promise kids that they're going to play in the tournament. But... The kids you're out there recruiting, what what do they know about Louisville basketball? What is the Louisville that they're accustomed to knowing? The the teenagers out on the re- recruiting trail, majority of the time. What what's 
what's the impression of the program from them? I don't think it's probably great. And a 3-21 and season isn't exactly a ringing endorsement of, of what's possible. I, I get all the factors and all of that, but like, if your pitch to someone has to include all of these different qualifiers of all these things that have happened, then like, is your pitch really even going to be that effective in the first place? Man, I got to be honest with you. I, I don't really know about like this whole line of, of reasoning. We hear from a lot of people like, uh, how? What's the pitch to this or that guy? Like, what's the pitch to to get somebody to go to Auburn? Well, yeah. it's yeah. it's the coach and they play fun style, but no one knows a damn thing about Auburn basketball. Charles Barkley was there and he was less fat when he played there. Yep. Chuck Person and now, but they they're getting people to go there a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and same thing with with Nate Oates in Alabama. Like you, there's no history of Baylor basketball that's worth a damn. Correct. Scott Drew's, Scott Drew's doing just fine. We love the tradition here. It means a lot to us. We're maintaining it, and that's cool. And I'm uh, like, obviously, it's a big deal. But the idea that like that you're going to be you're going to have difficulty recruiting because it doesn't mean what it used to mean. None of that matters anyway. These kids want to know. What's the what, what are the games like? What's the facilities like? What's it like? Where I'm going to be? How likely are you to be able to get me uh, to the NBA uh, and show off what I'm capable of while also winning and having a pretty good time? Like that's what really what it comes down to. Period. Yeah. So like the recent struggles, I don't really think that matters at all. I I think it's more of a everybody wants to know what they're getting into, how feasible it is to have success in whatever it is they're getting into and look i mean obviously the the playing time is something that will be a selling point i would think for anybody obviously it'll vary depending on the you know the caliber of recruits as well but that's the big one that's going to have to be really hammered home here um but i think the the point that i was maybe i didn't do a great job of of illustrating there is so much of the time and it and it plays to what you're saying as well is that we we always hear about you know this is Louisville basketball over and over and this that the other and it's just like man I'm, I'm just being honest and this is playing to what you're saying it doesn't that does not hit the same with this day and age anymore it does not and if that is the overall pitch then I don't find it to be extremely effective Let's get uh, Phil in here, and if you want to follow Phil, eighty-one fifty ninety-three-nine is the number. Phil, welcome into the Driving Up Nuggle. What's up? Hey, how's it going, Mark? Uh, like listening right. to you guys every day on my way home. You know, um, you touched on some points that were very valuable to me because I'm a diehard car fan, man. I've, I've been watching for a long time, but I say that to say this. I actually turned the game off last night. You spoke about Sidney Curry and his effort. Why is he a captain? You know, Everything that you guys have touched on, that the other guys have touched on from the morning show all the way to today, man, that all starts in practice with the people who are running the practice, which is Coach Kenny Payne. Uh, I coach youth sports, and I'll tell you what, if my kids give me that effort, I will put them on the bench, and the kids that may not even have the ability, I'm going to play them to prove a point as a coach that I don't need you out here. So I'm, I'm going to point fingers at, you know, the guy who's in charge, man, you know, if you're going to give me minimal effort, then you will not play basketball. It is embarrassing to watch the Louisville Cardinal basketball right now and the effort that these guys are giving. You spoke about Sidney Curry, why is he a captain? That guy shouldn't be a captain. That guy don't even care, you know. And, and then look at everybody. I, I feel like this. When you effort, effort, the new guy, the new guy comes in, he, he's got effort. Mike James has got effort. L. Ellis has got effort. But L's not a point guard. You know, we don't. Uh, they look a little better with Hershey on the floor, but it all starts with a guy that's in charge, which is Kenny Payne, and he allows them to give minimal effort. Like I said, I'm a coach. I'm a youth football coach, and these kids go hard for us, man, because that's what we demand in practice. We demand that you work in practice so that on Saturday morning when you put on that jersey, we're going out there to compete, and we want to win. So, you know, the basis that you all are saying, man, who cares about people texting in and saying that you're negative? I think you have some valuable points, and keep preaching what you're preaching. And in my opinion, I don't think the guy deserves another year. Yeah, you can get better players in here, but do you have the coaching ability? And do you you got to push kids is basically what I'm saying. And they're not being pushed. And thank you guys for letting me on, man, and I'll, I'll get off here and listen. Have a good day. 
Thank you so much. I appreciate uh, the call there. I mean, this is this is like the fundamental contradiction that we're all kind of dealing with here, where it's how is L. Ellis a captain, or, or excuse me, uh, Sidney Curry? How is Sidney Curry a captain who, by your own admission, fights conditioning? And we can we can see gets beat down the floor, like effort things that that are 100% controllable by him. And then other guys don't play. And and it's it's apparently because of whatever they do or don't do. You can't then really kind of credibly tell us, but Sidney Curry is doing what you're doing? Yeah, I I think that's the one of the biggest rubs of the, of the whole year that just doesn't it just doesn't add up and we've heard about the you know the the contract or whatever then the, the whatever however you want to term it KP's called it a contract before but between them and and just like what part of that agreement or is being met in this scenario and and it comes back to me saying like what putting out a, a more a younger five or a youth movement that we've talked about Man, if it means you lose by thirty, I mean you've already, you've already done that multiple. Well, that, you've you've already lost by twenty plus points at thirty. It's like the the results at this point, like nobody's gonna react to that in a negative way. If you're throwing out a new five, just to throw out a new five and see what kind of efforts given. No, if you told me that when they take the floor against uh, anybody, like the the next game, Louisville takes the floor and they are the, the starting five is. Fabio, L. Ellis, Mike James, Kamari Lands, and a, and Okorafor. What do you think happens with the phone lines? What do you think happens? Like, do you think that there are, if we, if we found out that that was going to be the starting five right now for Miami on Saturday, are there more or less people at that game because of that? Yeah, it's... More, right? Yeah, it's... I would agree. Because you're trying something. You're, you're at least trying to build something. And you're also trying to show everyone, us, uh, Josh Hurd, and your own players themselves, Sydney, it's not okay to just watch a ball roll out of bounds in the corner right in front of you. It's, uh, it's not okay to just let Nike Sabandi run past you and catch a lob and dunk it down. And you get to stay a captain. You get to stay a starter and play 20-whatever minutes a game. Everyone is prepared to root their asses off for guys who don't know what they're doing, but who don't know what they're doing at full speed. We're all here for that. And this, I think, is what drives me the most crazy about people who act like like this is some sort of unreasonable group of fans who are just totally unfair to, to, to Kenny Payne and the, and the staff and just are, are impatient and you sound like KSR and whatever the hell else people like to say. That's bullcrap. People go nuts for Nyla Harris just like showing up in the starting lineup. But you know why? It's because Jeff's like, I don't like what's happening. And the one thing I'm not going to do is leave it the same. Now, Jeff's got more options. I understand that. I'm not being unfair to Kenny and doing that. But when Jeff gets on the show and it's like, these guys don't like playing defense at all. They make me crazy. And and we're going to figure it out one way or the other. But I... He, he's getting teed up and he's losing his mind on, on the coach's radio show and all that sort of thing. Well, you know what happens? Four or five different people play lots and lots of time because the message is getting sent. Whatever happens this year, we ain't doing that again. And we don't, we're not getting that this year. Why not? And if you're, I'm not saying it, sometimes it, it goes both ways in terms of how it works, but like if you want to use the Louisville women as an example, against North Carolina, it's the best defense they've played all year. I mean, it was locked down against a very talented Carolina team where I think some of that message is, is resonating a little bit more because there was, there was an actual consequence. There was some accountability there, to, to your point. Well, it just doesn't make any sense to say, like, this isn't uh, – you are not um, living up to Louisville basketball standards, but you can stay the captain and you can stay the starter. Like, it, it, I mean, even even last year, they tried to, like, crack the whip on Malik Williams when he was a problem. You know, at times, he, he, 
stepped away. He hardly played at all a little bit. Like, they were trying to rein him in because they didn't like what he was bringing. And there hasn't been any of that. And I, I recognize that there aren't a lot of options. But I think people would be prepared to root for guys they've never seen before if they knew you were sending that message. Don't you? I think so. And not even that. I mean, some of the guys you do see in spurts that are giving – you know, good effort. I mean, Hersey Miller played 20 minutes last night. At least, you know, I think Hersey's out there at least giving effort most of the time. I thought he made some some nice plays last week as well. I mean, at this point, you have to look at guys who, who go into the game and show you some spurts and some effort, and it's just like, what does a start mean to that guy just to put him out there to give him a shot out of the beginning of the game? It, does, it doesn't affect the results anymore. That, that really... The, the record and the win-loss, that's just, we've reached the point. It didn't have to be like this, where it it, it has no impact on that. Like, it, there's not a demonstrable difference between the leaders or who are supposed to be the leaders of this group and the guys who we didn't really know what we were going to see out of it. Like, Fabio Basile did not play last night. He did not get a minute against Pitt. And I don't really understand how I, I get that look there might be some frustrations in practice here or there and uh, I guess it's it contradicts the whole thing of like look if you if you're not showing it in practice the whole culture building then you're not going to play the game and I get that but like you need to, a, a change or change it up at, at some point Devin replays seven minutes in a game that they lost 91 to 57 that stuff continues to just baffle me Let's get Chris in here next. Chris, welcome into the drive. What's up? Hey, guys. You all are spot on your analysis. Like I said, I don't mind losing if we don't have the talent, but pull somebody that's not giving effort. That's that's on coaching. And to your point, Mark, people would dr- come out in droves. Um, I mean, think about the U.K. team, Patino's first team, right? Those guys weren't the most talented, but those guys busted their butts. They played hard, and that fan base went nuts. The NIT teams we had with David Padgett, you know, that lower bowl was sold out. And those guys weren't, you know, phenomenal, but people, you know, they cared. And people will get, the fans will come out if you show effort. And I'm like you, it's got to be on coaching for not doing that. Um, one thing I want to ask, you know, uh, when we hired Kenny, a good friend of mine played for him at UK, and I was talking to him about it, and he was like, oh, he's a great guy, great recruiter, um, you know, good developer. He said, my only fear, and it's kind of, I think we've hashed it a little bit now, is that he's always been the good cop to Cal's bad cop. And he's like, especially in college basketball, with the egos you got, you've got to have someone that, you know, is the bad guy and then hold people accountable. And he's like, that's my only fear. And I think we're seeing that play out. Um, and so kind of my question to you guys is, I, I, I think we're, you know, I don't think Kenny's going to get fired after year one, regardless of what Me we either. want to happen or what we think will happen. You know, from an assistant standpoint, is there a precedent to, you know, even though you're the head guy bringing in a, you know, a bad cop per se or, a disciplinarian. I know we hear about you know guys that can recruit and you know your your um, you know your other guys that can drop X's and O's. But is there anybody from a you know an effort or discipline? I don't know the right word I'm looking for that kind of instill that outside of a strength coach. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I, there isn't. Uh, thank you for the call. Uh, appreciate it, Chris. I don't think Tyler, you agree with me or not? I don't think it's possible for the head coach to be the good cop and and i want to make it clear i am not saying that i don't think it's possible for the head coach to be nice or to be positive i think Dabo sweeney i don't think let's be clear i don't think Dabo is a hypocrite i think he is a sincere person he's corny and and dorky but i don't think that there's really a lot of anim like animus in in Dabo at all but make no mistake, when it comes down to it, Dabo's the bad cop. He Because when I say da- bad cop, I'm talking about the guy that enforces standards regardless of how it makes anybody feel. And and to me, the, the head coach ultimately has to be that guy. He has to be the one who will not accept less than X. And one of the things that I think, no matter how his tenure turns out, no matter how long Kenny's tenure turns out to be here at, at Louisville – I think he will look back on his entire approach to this group as mistaken. That I think he thought he could positive them 
out of where they are and it's either one they're not reachable or two they needed it to come from a place of someone sticking sticking it to them and making them stick to a standard instead of just sort of believing better things about themselves they do have not responded to that well, we just can't confuse that like you can have a positive attitude about things and a positive way to, to interact and, and give constructive criticism while still enforcing accountability and, and standards. Like I, I think too often people think to do those things to hold people accountable and enforce your standards like you have to be yelling and screaming all the time or just go right. about it that way. And I, I don't think that is true necessarily there there are there's plenty of effective ways to lead without doing all that stuff and i have always thought that those criticisms of of kenny and even going back to uh, i can't remember what game it was but the the clip that went kind of viral of him and l talking on, on the bench like all of that stuff just feels like you're trying to you're just grasping for something to me like that that's not there there's as you have said many times there's plenty of tangible things we can look at and criticize and weigh out without doing any of that stuff. But I do believe that the dynamics of a coaching staff, and it's, uh, we talk about player roles a lot on a team, right? Well, the same type of thing has to be established within the head coach and his assistants. And like who who is better at delivering this message? Who's better at game planning? Who's better at all of that stuff? And... I come back to the notion of I how many of these assistants will be will be back with Kenny. Does that get a complete makeover because it doesn't seem like anybody is is filling a critical role of of enforcing any sort of standard that they have been trying to establish. Let's get uh Tyler in here next, not you, Tyler, other Tyler. <laughs> Welcome into the drop and what's up? Hey, thanks for taking the call, guys. You bet. Um we keep hitting the nail on the head, man. This all comes down to coaching at the end of the day. I uh, I played all the way up through high school, not college, but it doesn't take a rocket scientist to sit there and watch a game and be able to just check check your X's and O's right on elementary stuff. Last night, something that Kenny has done all season is allow our guys to get in a hole without taking a timeout when we have all of our timeouts allotted to us. I don't know if anybody remembers, but we we were 21 points down with five minutes left in the first half before he called our first timeout, and then immediately another timeout about a minute later. You can't allow these guys to dig themselves in a hole and watch your team crumble. It's His in-game coaching is just not, it's not there. I'm not saying it can't get there. Um, you know, we all start somewhere, but, man, this rebuild is, is going to look like it's going to take <laughs> – five ten years with him at this rate um unless he gets top tier talent like what they had at kentucky and i don't know that that's something that we're all on board uh on board with and um you know i'll leave it at this if we had a david paget who had a patino you know played under patino with his mindset this is i guarantee paget would have like 10 wins on the season so far it's 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 crazy to me um i'm i'm for kenny Payne. i hope it works out but and after next year, if we don't see a change and, and his in-game coaching doesn't change, he's got to go. Thanks for taking the call. Yeah, appreciate uh, the call there, Tyler. You know, I'm not really sure, Tyler, uh, that I agree with that last little part there that if you know if David Padgett was the coach. Like, the, I think the thing that might – it might be true that these guys just aren't capable of, of much at all and, and, and that he's really walked into a mess that – that nobody could have done great things with. But I don't think the expectation was that he would come in and do great things with this group. I, I don't uh, think they're, they're exceptionally talented. I don't. But I think what, what people would like to see is him like sort of going down swinging, trying to get it out of these guys so that it's clear when we get to the end of the year, they stunk – but I swear to God, I threw every junk pitch I had at them. And I don't I don't really feel like we're getting that from it either. And so, like, to go back to the very beginning of his call, he said, I think you guys are right, it all comes down to coaching. I don't, I'm These guys bear a lot of responsibility for what they choose to do out there. 
but you know you can delegate authority but you can't delegate responsibility it's on them but responsibility for all of it ultimately comes down to kenny and i do think he's on the hook for i think he's responsible for tolerating via playing time a lot of really bad behavior it's again it comes back to a a full-scale ownership by everybody involved here and and i i don't get any notion i I would need it like pulled up or referenced or something where anybody came into this season with any sort of grand expectation at all i i maybe i'm wrong do you remember anybody coming in here thinking that this was going to be a a tournament team or challenge for the tournament or anything like that no and, and it's one of the rhetorical games that that Jerry Eves plays a lot and it gets very old and and a lot of other people do in places where you are made out to be a moron for thinking that this would be a great team when you don't like that they lost by 34. Nobody thought this would be a great team, but it's much worse than the average team we were hoping for. It's far worse than that. Yeah. We were hoping for 500. That's what we were. Not, I mean, hope is not the right word, but it's like we thought this team could be 500 at one point before any games took place. Can I be honest with you? I never. I love when I say that. Can I be honest with oh, you? It's your show. You I just kinda, routinely you know, lie to you. But do I have permission to, to tell the truth this time? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Go uh, ahead. N- I don't think almost anyone had a number in mind at all it's one of the things that drives me the most crazy about people who make it out to be like what'd you think they were going to final four or something no i don't think a lot of you out there had a a final record in mind that would tell you one way or the other what i think you were all counting on is no matter what the record is i i just want to turn it on and see what i want what i what i should see in terms of how they're trying to win games. Because if you got that, then it would be very easy to say, like, I know they didn't win a lot of games, but you start putting some good players in, in the place of what we're seeing, I can see where this is going, and you'd be willing to put up with a lot. I want you to ask yourself, so far in three, what, three games that he's played in, have you ever been mad at Emmanuel Core for once? I don't think anybody, uh, or of course at not. least keeping a, a try to keep a finger on the pulse of reactions during games. I haven't seen too many people critical of him, now. The missed dunk. That's, oh, I mean, that's nitpicking, though. <laughs> or, or the play but you last, mad. Or the play last no, week when everybody, screamed, when everybody screamed, just dunk the ball. When he did dunk the ball. It took him a minute to get there, but he did it. You know, one of the sad realities for me, his effort level makes him stick out like you, like you moved his sliders compared to everybody else. You know, for the team, which drives me crazy. But I think Kenny might have lied to us about something. And here's here's what I mean. Or or it was short lived. So maybe that's the better interpretation. But you'll recall he talked about, you know, Emmanuel came here and his energy and, and effort level in practice. There's been a his words were a noticeable uptick in intensity in practice. My ass. There's been a noticeable uptick in effort from him. He is not contagious. I don't see him rubbing off on anyone, and that's kind of depressing. I was kind of hoping that he would. Well, uh, at least it would have been a – you were hoping that it would be like a bit of a – I don't know if a wake-up call was really the the phrase to say at this point in the season, but more so the – okay, wow, this guy is immediately eligible to play. He's in, and this is looking at the front court. He can play any of the positions that I've been playing. Maybe I need to try and step this up so I can keep some minutes here, stay in the rotation. And that hasn't even happened. And I'm frankly, I mean, at this point, why not start the kid? If, if, you, if you like him this much, if you like the tools he has, if he's given the effort that you've been asking for ever since he got in, then rewarding him with that chance seems to make sense, does it not? I Yes, it does make sense. I would much rather watch him be lost at full speed than watch Sidney Curry know what he should do and just not try to do it. Yeah, it's. I think, again, you watch him set screens. You watch him, you know, there was a three last week against... 
I can't remember if it was Georgia Tech or Florida State where you know he's going out of bounds for a loose ball and it turns into a pass to Withers for a corner three. That happens because of an effort play like that. The the blocks, the overall. I mean, it's just a again a very baseline thing that that the front court has not really given you this year. So if you're staying in line with the points that you've been belaboring all season, then like that should be rewarded with more playing time and or a longer look at a start. Texture says, I like Josh, but does he or the search firm bear some scrutiny for the results of this hire? Um, I would imagine Glenn Sugiyama's not going to put this on the website anytime soon. I think that that's true. Uh, but I don't think that that really reflects on search firms uh, per se, because search firms really, truly, they don't exist to tell you who to hire. They exist to give you cover to search for coaches who already have jobs. But, and I, I hope everyone will eventually kind of learn that. When you hire a search firm, you're, not, you're really not asking them to tell you, who do you think we should hire? To where when it doesn't work out, you can be like, screw you, search firm, you led me wrong last time. It's very, very rarely that overt. The search firms really exist to give you the opportunity to kind of operate with cover so that people don't know who you're interested in and who's expressing interest in you. It's the same reason we have no idea who else interviewed for the job except for Josh Hurd, because they use a firm to give those people cover. They don't want to lose their jobs where they are if they don't get it. And that, that happens a lot. That's really what search firms are about. But to the extent that perhaps the search firm like tried to take credit for this, eh, probably won't look that great. Let's get uh, Doc in here if we can. Sorry, uh, Tyler, I didn't mean to do that. Oh, you're good. Let's let's get Doc in here. Doc, welcome into the drive. What's on your mind, buddy? Doc. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Doc, we welcome into the drive, buddy. Yeah. What's on your mind? So, I've been listening to you guys talk about this good cop, bad cop thing. Have either of you yes. been to a UL practice? I have not. I've not been to a practice this year. I've been to them in life, but not this year. No. Well, Kenny Payne is nothing like a good cop at practice. Both in what he has the players do if they're not performing to his level, expected level, or what he said to them verbally about their effort and what they should be doing, could be doing, and won't find themselves doing. So, I mean, this myth of him being a good cop and too nice to kids is just way off base. You know, he's got a bunch of kids who had personal accolades, uh, but not state championships, not JUCO championships, and they play for themselves. And unfortunately, that's what they continue to do. He's got a bunch of kids who can't pass the ball properly, don't set picks further properly. He works on their defense. He works on trying to get them to understand where open men are, but these kids are mostly interested in themselves and their own shot and waiting for the ball to come to them rather than getting open. I mean, come to the practice and see the effort that he and his assistants put into trying to spur these kids on to doing what they're supposed to be doing. The drills that they were doing before the pit game, running kids off the three-point line, were hard and rapid. Did any of them do it other than Hersey? No. Uh, He's got a bunch of very difficult kids to try to get to play as a team. Now, Doc, let me ask you something. So you were at practice. Yes. Okay, I just want to make sure. What do you think about – because I believe you, and I've heard this from Luke, and I've heard this from Marcus, and I've heard this from several others who've been there too, that that he really is like all over them in practice. But I'm kind of curious what you – I'd like to know what you think about like, where is that come game time? Like, if I'm all over them in practice, but then Curry's kind of half-assing it in the game, and he just stays in. Like, are you are you concerned that he at least kind of gives a lot of that away by the time they, when, when they get to the games? No, he got pulled when he didn't come down um, uh, and sprint the floor, which he gets, you know, they do sprinting drills every day. Uh, and until they can get up and down the floor within three seconds from baseline to free throw line, they have to do it again and again. Uh, they're pushed, and when they don't come out, they in fact do come out. Now, you know, I, I think he's been more lenient with uh, L. Uh, yeah. But uh, again, yesterday, uh, as you pointed out, Percy got more time, even though he is, yeah. you know, not as creative. But he played defense the way he was supposed to. He's the one kid who 
tries to close out with the jumping players and then coming back from behind them as they were caught, caught in drills. Uh, with regards to the energy that uh, Manny has brought to the team, it, it's rubbed off only only on Rose. Uh, Rose works harder than he ever did. Uh, JJ is working a little bit harder than he ever did. Uh, the others are you know, quite satisfied in uh, their everyday uh, sort of lackadaisical casual approach. What would you like to see either them or, or Kenny do differently between now and the end of the year? Uh, you know, I think what he's trying to get across to the kids is that they are now auditioning for where they're going to be next. This is your chance to either convince me that you belong here or convince somebody at a lesser level school that they might want to take a chance on having you. And none of them are pre-auditioning for a professional league in North America. I appreciate the call, Doc. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I do appreciate that. And look, I hope everyone listening can see, like, there was a guy who was kind of disagreeing with us about the bad cop part. And I I believe him. But but that just kind of creates a little bit of a different concern for me, Tyler. Like, if, if he really is, like, killing these guys in practice, I'm worried he's hurting himself by kind of undoing it with the game. Well, uh, I'm sorry. I do have to start this with, guys, you, you call and ask us if we go to practice. Practices are closed to literally, like, trust me, if, if we could go to practice and have free reign to just go to practice, anybody who covers the team would go to practice. Like, can we can we establish that, like, baseline on that? Like, say, I, say that again. Say that again. I, I'm saying, like, if practice was fully open for anybody who covers the team to go to practice, we would go to practice. That's right. We would be there. I 100% guarantee you that. But there is not a power five school, to my knowledge, who has any, and I don't agree with it at all, who has any practice completely open or every practice completely open. Even the ones you get from a program before the season starts, like let's just say Louisville football during fall camp, it's open for like 20 minutes. And I'll spoil something for you. Most of the time, they're not doing anything worthwhile in those 20 minutes because you're there. Okay, is that clear? Yeah. Like, is that as clear as I can talk about that? Sure. Uh, yeah. Right. We all. Uh, this happens with football a lot, where people call. Where we we get invited to practice. Like, you want you can come to the first thirty minutes of practice, and it's like shell drills, and they're stretching, you know, and quarterbacks throwing into those nets and things like that. You know what I mean? Like, thanks. Super instructive. What's happening? Uh, but also, let's be realistic here. In the history of the of the sport. Fans don't get to go to practice. We've never been informed by what happens at practice. This is a Louisville basketball team that's supposed to play games and win the games. And we are supposed to fill the vast majority of our opinions by what we see them do in games. So would practice add extra context? Of course they would. Of course it would. Yes. It's not required for us to understand what's happening here. I think the the issues that we have gone over at length through the course of this season are fully we are all fully capable of grasping those or understanding those by watching them from the games. I, I can't you know, I I can't really like spiel on that for too long, but I think that is readily obvious to anybody watching. All right, let's take a quick break here. Because we haven't done that in this hour, which I kind of did not realize. Man, this is flying. We'll take a quick break. Will, after you guys hang in there, we'll come right back to you here on the drive when I time the vote. Right back. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it, but then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. 
Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis and Tyler Griever. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Tyler uh, Griever, excuse me, did want to quickly uh, note uh, while we were having our uh, heated discussion about uh, the pit game last night and just the way this, uh, this season is going, uh, that Florida State has announced they've assigned uh, Mike Norvell to a lengthy uh, contract extension, uh, a lucrative one, through the 2029 season that will pay him north of $8 million a year. Uh, and so Florida State very happy with uh, the progress there uh, with him this year. They are set up to be probably going to be a top 10 team coming into the season. They've uh, started the Heisman campaign for Jordan Travis. Uh, it won nine games. They're going to they're be really good next year. They've they've been really happy with that, and the ACC pretty badly needs that, Tyler. Yeah, it, it's been weird seeing Florida State just kind of go through the motions all of these years. I mean, I, I do think they took a positive step forward last year. This will be a huge test for Norvell to see if they can really live up to – I mean, I don't really know how much – this will probably be the most hype that any of his teams have had since he's gotten to Florida State – and I remember coming into to last season, most of us were, it was kind of maybe not make or break, but pretty close for him in terms of proving that he was moving in a positive direction. Yeah, look, I, I think without question, they've, they have moved things in the right direction. The one thing that I'll be interested in watching with them is after Jordan Travis, there is a, I know Tate Roadmaker like tore Louisville up, <laughs> but they haven't done they haven't really had great success with anybody else. And he's only got one more year. He's kind of their Malik Cunningham. Now, they've done a really good job with Jordan Travis. But I will be kind of curious to see sort of what that looks like going forward. But Florida State apparently kind of getting their act together at least and committing a whole lot of money in years uh, to Mike Norvell. And good for them. Uh, and good for the league. I think it's the better uh, the Florida State is. It is good for the league. And I like those big, tense games against teams that are also really good. The ACC needs more of those. Maybe maybe Louisville will get a shot at uh, at Florida State in Charlotte. Let's get to Kathy in here before we hit the top of the hour break here. Kathy, welcome into the drive on Attend the Bell. What's up? Well, uh, a lot. Um, I've just been listening to the comments. It It just pains me anymore to listen to the games because I just – I don't see any improvement. And I understand the culture that Kenny wants to uh, to build. But, you know, I look at these other coaches that uh, look at what Jerome Tang has done at Kansas yeah. State. And he had to build, a, I think, only two kids, star, a kids stayed. Even what Isaac Brown at Wichita State has done. I mean, their record isn't, it's 50-50, or it's above 50-50 now, I guess. But he had a com- almost a complete rebuild. And I understand the culture that Kenny Payne wants to build, but I wonder if he really knows, I mean, young kids anymore the the culture that we have it's a one it right now and and I just wonder if he really knows or if he knows what the today's culture's like I, I I I find it kind of frustrating and the problem is we don't seem to be getting any better it's um, that we just go backwards and I think. I think that's the hardest part for me to understand, and I've been following Louisville for a lot of years, and I, I just wonder what uh, what I, I would think Josh has got a decision that's got to be made. I, I think some drastic steps have got to be taken. 
Um, I had heard at one time, and I don't know where I heard this, I can't remember, but I had heard at one time that Mick Cronin was interested in this job, and I cannot believe that there wouldn't have been some other coaches that have been coaches before that wouldn't have wanted this job. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I I just don't know where what's going to happen. I, I can imagine you're going to probably see a mass exodus of uh, people maybe leaving, possibly, and and you got to wonder what's going to happen to the assistants. I mean, is he going to be able to uh, hold on to them, or you know, is he going to have to? Is he going to have to make changes? But these kids played harder for better for Mike Begies and Chris Mack than than it's it appears to me they're playing this year. So anyway, I'll let you comment, and uh, I plan to be in Louisville on October 6th, and as it gets closer, I'll get with you, because I'm going to... Now, what's, what's October 6th? My... you got to tell us. All right. Bye. Uh, Kathy, what's on October 6th? Oh, gosh, I want to know. Why is she Why is she coming? I want to know. I don't want to like crash like a family reunion for Kathy or something, but I want to know why she was coming to town. Uh, I don't know. That's the biggest question that we the mystery we now have. That's the next time she calls in, Mark. You got to lead the call with what's on October six. Yeah, I want to know. Coming to town. I want to know what uh, what what that's about. But uh, look, are staff changes something that's going to be on the table at the end of the year? Of course they are. I would think at this point everything is on the table at the end of the year, and I think it will. I think we have moved from. All right, Kenny, what are we going to do differently next year to tell me why we need to stick with you and then what you intend to do differently? I do think that the the question that will open the exit interview at the end of the year has changed, and that's the results that are on Kenny. And it's his job, I think, to convince the most important people why he's not on the hook for this and, and should just be jettisoned with anybody else who makes changes and why he's still the guy to fix it. We'll talk about that on the other side here. On the drive on the vote. Right back. 